This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. On August 25th. I'm the most brutal, vicious, ruthless champion that's ever been. The most anticipated original series is here. You may know Tyson. You're the heavyweight champion of the world, young, rich, and black. But do you know Mike? The minute you get too big, they gotta cut you down. Starring Trevante Rhodes. I'm I am Mike. And Harvey Keitel. They'll love you as much as they fear you. Now I'm really gonna have some fun. Mike, series premiere August 25th, only on Hulu. Your work technology should help your organization run better. Monday.com is an intuitive platform designed to help teams of all sizes work better together and maximize results. With Monday.com, you can easily customize your workflows to fit your team's exact needs and create automated updates to keep everyone up to speed in real time. Experience the power of a single platform that replaces your costly tech toolbox and the headache that comes with it. To start your 14-day free trial, go to Monday.com. How's it going, everyone? Welcome back to another edition of That Mill Podcast. Hope you're doing well. Edition number 18 today with myself, Omar, and Mickey. Hello, pal. You all right? Yes, mate. All good. All good. All fucking hunky-dory and rosy. I think it's episode number 18. I know I'm just kind of testing myself now, but, you know, it's one of those very contentious ones that sometimes we don't remember. But it is number 18 today, indeed. Um, and today's, mate, we're going to go through, obviously, the Forest game yesterday. Uh, we're going to obviously review that, another draw, as Mill make it, I think, six draws in the league this season now. Uh, and also we'll talk about Tuesday night's game, no, Wednesday night's game against Bristol City to come at the den. And also a bit about off the field stuff with regards to Mill purchasing some land out in Kent. So uh, we'll go into part one now and talk about the Forest game. And welcome to part one of the show. Uh, as mentioned in the preview there, we've made it another draw this season as Millwall now have six draws this season after going to the Forest City grounds, drawing one all. 
Mickey, just um, we'll talk about the game more later, obviously, in a second, but just obviously another draw. I think it's four in a row now, sixth of the season in what, eight, nine games. Um, how'd you feel about that, mate? <laughs> what, what, I don't know. What, what do you want to, um, what is there to say about it? it it's, we were warned how he played. Um, we were warned that it was, uh, you know, jaws and everything else and, you know, not great, but it is what it is, I suppose. Um, I'm definitely not on the out camp yet. Um, but I think we just need, I mean, we played a right at Forest. Second half, it, it, it went a little bit, but we played a right. We should have got a point. There, there just seems to be games we're playing where we should really nick points. You know, we should nick the full lot of points, but we just don't seem to be having any luck. And after, you know, what we come on to about yesterday, the way they fucking scored, just really points, mate, that there's bigger things against us, possibly. So, yeah. Indeed, mate. I mean, so on the game, obviously, we've lined up with a 3-4-3 formation of Bielkowski in goal. Murray Wallace coming in at left side centre-half with Jake Cooper on the bench. First time that's happened in a long while, as far as I can remember. Um, centre-half, Sean Hutchinson. Right side centre-half, Daniel Ballard. Wing-backs, Scott Malone and Ryan Leonard with Savile and Keith Meld in the middle. Shay Ojo and Mahoney, either side of Mr. Matt Smith, who got our goal in the first half. But we'll talk about that in a second. But, mate, what did you make of the lineup? Obviously, the contentious one there, as I mentioned, was uh, Jake Cooper missing out. I mean, he's on the bench. He got dropped. I mean, I can't remember Jake Cooper ever getting dropped from a Millwall side. And it's rightly so. Right? I think me and Kyle were talking about it on Thursday's show. And we both turned around and said, yeah, I think we probably would drop Cooper today. Um, we probably would play Murray Wallace because Murray Wallace has probably been maybe our best player so far this season, aside from Jed. I, uh, before I go on to that point, I'd like to just say, um, welcome Gary and the rest of Millwall coaching team. Um, okay. Nice of you to listen to us. Well, they obviously listened to Thursday's show, took your advice <laughs> and thought, you know what, let's try it this way and see where we go. So, Do you know what though? Because it, it was easy for him to regress to the norm. Think Hutchinson's back, Cooper might, you know, Cooper's a threat and yeah. Cooper's good from set pieces. But Murray Wallace has been, you know, ever consistent across most positions in the back four, back five. So he deserves to play. But, I mean, obviously Cooper on the bench, mate. I think, you know, his form hasn't been great this season, has it, so far? So it was a good decision, I think. No, his form's not been great since his shoulder and whatnot, is it really? But, you know. Very true. And also, uh, I've been going on and on about it for probably best part of a year. But we don't know how much this COVID shit is affecting some of the players. Listen, it's not. We don't, it's we not, don't, man. We don't know. It's we don't, oh, shut up, you tart. It's, we don't, it's not, listen, man. Listen, we don't know. So <laughs> until we know better wise, I'm fucking right. You're wrong. And that's it. End of, end of subject. But um, Cooper hasn't missed a game for COVID, though. No, 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 no. So it's not affecting him, though, is it? <laughs> do you know what? I hate what, do you know... It, it, <laughs> fucking depressing sometimes you are but no look I, I I just think that it made sense to change the team of what we're used to because it's the same shit every day where you know oh we do it this way because that's how we've always done it well when we don't do it how we're meant to do it we sometimes perform a lot better so I think we looked you know the first little bit of the first half we were um we had to get into it because obviously new manager and the crowd atmosphere and the players' fault. But once we settled in, we seemed to dominate. Um, we just couldn't, unfortunately, put more balls in the net. But we definitely dominated 
Um, and then it's the same shit. That's that that goal from Nez, however fluky it was, um, and unfortunate that we can't show you it, but it was it was very, very fluky, and the players' heads just seemed to drop from that. Same as what they always do. We seem to we seem to be ahead, you know, if we're leading, and then all of a sudden they score, we drop our we drop our heads, and then it's like sometimes they get another one or we come back, but they just seem to take forever before they suddenly pick the Reds back up and start running again. I think it's a hard one. I think on the Cooper scenario, just quickly, I mean, for a side that prides themselves on keeping clean sheets and being hard to beat and, you know, normally having the goal tally down to zeros and one against, we've only kept one clean sheet in nine games in the league, one clean sheet in 12 in all competitions. That is an alarming statistic there, mate. And again, yesterday, we can see that goal. And I think we'll excuse the team because, as you mentioned, it was a freak goal. I think it's Max Lowe, isn't it, on loan from Sheffield United, the left wing back who was previously at Derby County. He's picked the ball up on the left-hand side. I think I think we will lose the ball in the build-up. I could be mistaken. And he's given the time and space by, I think, Leonard or Ballard on the right-hand side to put a ball in the box. And he's purposely aimed it towards the back stick only for it to just, like, come off his foot the wrong way and then somehow go into the fast stanchion of the goal and come back across the goal and just nestle into the back of the net. I mean, how's your luck, Mickey, mate? But before we talk about that guy in more detail, I suppose we best big up Matt Smith, seeing as he scored in the first half as well. He loves the city ground, mate. I think it was Shea Yodro, wasn't it, who crossed over to the right-hand side of the pitch, swapping with Mahoney, which was a good yeah. play from Rowett there to pick that up. Left-footed, ball into the box, Matt Smith there, and beat the defenders with ease constantly throughout yesterday and took his goal well. Absolutely. I mean... I think OJ is is going to give us uh, I, I a, thought a, completely, a completely different dynamic because you know the way he picked Smith out was mm-hmm. on a on a on a on a dime when he he just literally stuck that ball and it was perfect. The the ball's what Smith loves. It was perfect, mm-hmm. and um, and if he can do that two or three times a game, then I think Smith will put him away every time. I agree, mate. I think, you know, he could have got a couple yesterday, Smith. He obviously hit the crossbar in the second yeah, half yeah, yeah. when it was 1-1. Um, yeah, and then that first half, like you said, mate, I think we didn't really create too many click opportunities. I think, you know, obviously, like we said, Forrest had a lot of the ball early doors, the new manager bounce. Grabben had an opportunity, didn't he, first five minutes. Um, I think it was totally good gladly. good play down the right-hand side with Jed Spence, who puts the ball in just behind the defence. Grabben's running onto it, and Bill Kowski, to be fair to him, gets down and makes the save. But... You gotta think like if if it's a, if our striker it's like the Bradshaw scenario against Swansea a couple of weeks ago, we're both saying like he should have put it either side of the goalkeeper. And I think it was the same there for Grabham, wasn't it? But um, he came down with a middle through later in the half, didn't he, mate? I think uh, he took a little club off Bilkowski. Concussion, um, concussion well, injury. Hence mate, why we got the extra sub. We got the extra um, sub. But if yeah, you watch that yeah. back, that that um, opportunity where he's, um, I think it was the same one, wasn't it? Well, so he's gone for goal and then Bilkowski saves it. Or was it another time when he's played through one-on-one? Either way, um, when you see it on the TV screens or on, I don't know if the highlights picks it up or not, but Bielkowski goes to, no, this is enough opportunity then, isn't it? He goes to punch it and he's punched the ball, but also clattered grabbing and I mean, floored him to the ground to the point where I think he probably should have been taken off at that time. But like you said, we was allowed to make four substitutions yesterday because of concussion and substitution. First time I've seen that come into play, mate. But um, yeah, I mean, good that grabbing, you know, kind of got the middle flew and disappeared, I think. Didn't come back to haunt us. Yeah, that fucker always scores, doesn't he, against us? He's a, <laughs> he, he is a fucking absolute fucking nightmare for us. Um, but, yeah, no. It, it, look, at the end of the day, we got a draw. Was it a good draw? It would do. 
Um, I'd rather take the draw than the loss, but I think we we potentially had a couple, you know, if luck was on our side like it was with them, then um, I think we could have probably scored. We could have probably won that 2 or 3 1, to be fair, but we just couldn't seem to get that ball in the net. I think that first half, obviously, you know, we were on top. We only had one clear cut opportunity for me, though, obviously, where Smith has the head on goal and scores the goal. Um, and obviously, they had the opportunity for grab him. But in the rest of the half, it was there for us to take it. We had a few corners, set pieces into the box. Um, you know, and we probably should have been two up at half time, really. We didn't have that opportunity come to us, but we should have created it and forced the occasion, I felt like. Um, yeah, like we said, we went down 1 0 half time, 1 uh, 0 up, obviously. Then they got their goal. And like we said there, mate, it just kind of plateaued away, didn't it, a little bit? And second half, like, yeah. obviously, they scored that goal. First home game from the manager. First game in charge, in fact. Then it's like kind of, you know, the crowd's trying to get on the team's side to try and grab that winner. I thought, you know, towards the end of the game, it was really good end-to-end football. Like, I enjoyed watching it, thinking, like, it was almost like a basketball game at times. And it, it has that kind of feel a couple of times this season where teams are going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. But, yeah, I mean... I wanted to talk about some player performances and and also get your opinion as well, mate. I think um, I will start with Connor Mahoney. What did you make of Mahoney yesterday before I play my cards here? I think uh, compared to where he was the game before, mm-hmm. um, I don't. Well, he was all right, but I. I... You didn't see the Leicester game, did you? Neither did I. So no, I saw the highlights. Leicester, yeah. didn't he? I mean, I'll play my card now and say it. I, Mahoney frustrates me so much. Yeah, right? Mr. Non-consistent. And hear me out. He had an okay game yesterday, but bear in mind he's you know, no Jed Wallace on the pitch. If Jed Wallace was playing yesterday, we probably would have won that quite comfortably yesterday for me. If the game played out the same way it did, we would have won the game quite comfortably. I think Jed Wallace would have been involved a few times to set up goals or actually have an opportunity himself. Mahoney infuriates me because he just plays in slow motion. It's like you watch him play... And you think to yourself, like, if he just gets the ball out of his feet and runs at players and cause havoc, and you see him do it a couple of times, and you're like, okay, that's the benchmark for you. Do it again. Do it again. And it's like, I feel like he gets the ball at his feet sometimes. And it's like, you just watch him try to, like, kind of come out of it. And it's like, he's playing at, like, fucking walking football speed. And then the second half, obviously, you know, okay, he swapped sides with Ojo. Ojo put in the delivery for the goal. But aside from that, there was a few times where set pieces in and like, you know, a couple of times Mahoney, the first half, he has two or three corners in the first half. Perfect back post every time. And we had a couple of opportunities to score from them. Second half, set pieces, comes back out to do it again. Doesn't beat his first man three or four times. There's a couple of times where the set piece on the right hand side, ball into the box, can't beat the first man. It's just infuriating, mate. And then to sum his day up, to sum his day up, mate, 69th minute, he comes off having treatment from the physio. Yeah. I'm not going to speculate if he's injured or not. I think he's probably just ran his course. But to sum up a player's career at Millwall so far, it's hey, chalk we... and cheese. First half, he was yeah. decent. Second yeah. half, he was rubbish. And then he goes off injured, potentially. You know what I mean? I think that's Mahoney's Millwall in a nutshell yesterday. It's like, you know, it... it's like you're playing FIFA with him, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? You think you're a great player and yet you just can't figure out the buttons to do the tricks you want to do. So every time you go to do it, fucking trips over his own feet. You know, it's, it's, that's what it reminds me of. You're sitting there playing FIFA and all of a sudden you've got the lag or, you know, the broadband shit or something there. And, and all of a sudden you just, you know what you want to do and you know where you want to put it. And every time you fucking tap it, instead of it going like a lovely cross to the left, it just suddenly spirals straight out into the crowd. And you just, 
you know where you, you get that frustrated with your Xbox or your PlayStation controller that you want to lob it through the fucking window. But he, he just reminds me of that because he, he's, he's got something about him. And you see that and you can see mm-hmm. what, obviously, the coaching staff think of him, but he's just not consistent. He I'm needs, not having him. He needs a it. run of games. He needs a good set of run of games to be able to judge him properly. But unlike, unlike Thompson... Thompson does get better with the more games he plays. He might have a couple of mares, but he gets better and better and better the more games he plays. The trouble is with Mahoney, he just... He, he, you can't guarantee it. You, no. That's the problem. You, no. The thing is with him, it's like he he's a luxury player on the side. And if you give him the opportunity to just be creative, flair, it's fine. You, you hope he does something good in the game. But the way we set up with Gary Rowett, with only three attackers up front, and they're the three that kind of bomb forward and occasionally get the wing-backs involved. You'll rely on him to do a lot in the, in the game. And then when you see him try to beat a man and he doesn't look interested and he's playing slow and it's like he goes back to the centre-half or he goes back to the wing-back, it's infuriating because you just want him to get the ball. Like Ojo did a few times yesterday, got the ball, turned and ran at the defence and ran down the line. Malone and Ojo down the left, I thought, linked up quite well. Um, and I saw bits there that I thought, you know what, I can see that moulding into a good partnership. You look at Malone, every time he gets the ball, the intent is to go forward, play forward. Mahoney is just like it's just like a walk in the park. And I I'm not I don't want it to be me killing Mahoney because i I'd be happy if Mahoney scores a hat trick on Saturday or Wednesday night against Bristol City. And I'll be like, you know what, a fair play. I'm not criticizing him. I'm just saying I don't think it's gonna work here for him at Millwall. And this is what two think- and a half seasons now into his career at Millwall. It's just not gonna work here, mate. Do you think it, do you, I mean do you think it's like with some of them where possibly a, a- uh, to drop down the level, then come back because he's only young and he's still. So, I mean, is it worth him dropping down a, a division to get football, you know, more football under his belt and then potentially come back up? He's 24 years of age, right? So, I'm just checking now. I've got his, his statistics for us here. You know, he's, he, last season he only played 14 games. The season before he played 38, two goals. And then for Birmingham, he got 30 appearances, two goals. He's never had like a season where he's got 40 plus games under his belt in the league. And like, yeah, like you say, like he, he needs a run of games, but I don't think he's going to get that here at Millwall because the competition is rife, you know. Bennett's injured again. There you go. Um, Ojo, Wallace, you know, there's players in there that are going to take the positions and fight with him for that. And I don't think he'll be up for the dogfight in that sense where he'll get the opportunity to play. And I think when everyone's fit, he, he'll struggle to even make the squad. And it's disappointing to say that because when he first came in under Harris, I remember that game against Red Sosterdad in pre-season, he scored an outrageous goal. You know, I think in the first game of the season, he assists Matt Smith's header, I think, or I can't remember what it was, but it's something like that. And, you know, you're thinking like, okay, here we go. But then two years down the line, it's just, I don't think it's worked for him. It's not really kicked off. And I'm going to move on from Mahoney because I don't want it to be a bashing session and people think we're just bashing the players. But no, I don't think we are, though. I think he's just it's just true. I mean, it's the, there for him and he's not done can, it. That's the problem. I think, I think the thing is with our show is that we say how it is. We don't, you know, we don't pussyfoot around. We don't fucking blow smoke up people's arses. But... You know, he, he has got a quality player inside. But if mm-hmm. he don't want to bring that quality player out every week, then it don't matter what what, what he does, it's down to him. If Definitely. he doesn't want to bring it to it and make a, a, a great career out of what potentially he's got in front of him, then no one else is to blame apart from him. We would love to be able to fucking cheer him on every game and look forward and excited to what he can do for what we think he can do. The trouble is, he, he just doesn't. So, yeah, I would. I, I mean, he got five point eight on um, on the ratings on News at Den, but you know, uh, he's not the lowest there. But 
Yeah, I, I wouldn't, you know. I think it's one of those, keep your options open and, and hope that he does perform. But in no way, I think this this is us slagging him off. This is just constructive criticism as such. We've, uh, I think what we want is him to actually go on and perform how we all expect he can. Doe, who I thought was on his game yesterday, for the, and you're going to have to agree with me today, I think. You can normally disagree with me, but I think he slowly shows signs of his form improving. A goal last Saturday, Jules Saville, I thought it was a Manchester. Yeah, it's coming back. Yeah, yeah, I, think, um, I think. I think he's a COVID effect. <laughs> maybe, maybe. I'm not going to deny. I'm not going to deny or confirm it. Um, he might have not even had COVID, by the way. It could have been a family member. And he might have been isolating. So you know, he, he, don't, he don't know if it's definitely the COVID effect. But obviously, transitioning to a new team, I mean, we're, we're struggling at the moment. But I thought Savile is a bright spark in that side. I thought like yesterday. You know, he, he's the way he just reads the game. He's starting to see parts of him coming forward as well on the ball. And also, I think him and Keith Bell have got a good partnership there. Keith and Bell, I thought, struggled yesterday. Early on, gave the ball away three or four times. He um, fucking hammered people. For, he hammered people. Yeah, he so constantly fouled them. Don't get me wrong. He but... was lucky. When he got that yellow, he was lucky not to be on a second yellow by then and be off. Yeah, well... He, that... was, he was going through people like a fucking steam train, which is what we want. But he's got to use his noddle a bit. And some days, you know, some refs... You know, what did he do? Four or five fucking hard tackles? In the first half, he yeah, could have been booked, yeah. probably. But the thing is, like, that's what's good about Keith and Bell, right? Against teams like Forest, where you've got tricky players like Joe Lolly, Brennan Johnson, players like to get on the ball, you want Keith and Bell in there to break up play, break up play. And if it means give a foul away, give a foul away. But it's a smart way of doing it where you don't get booked till, what, 60, 70 minutes before you get subbed off in the end. So yeah. it's definitely like his uses off the ball are clear to see. It's just when he's on the ball and he's given time to play a pass, that's when you're yeah. thinking, what's he going to do here a little bit? You know, and it's like, I, that's how I mean, for him. How do you think Billy did last night when he came on? I thought he'd done better. I thought, he, he, the thing is, he's bright. I think this is the problem I've got. Like, I love Keith Burn. I think he's quality. Um, and it might have been a tweet yesterday I saw. I can't remember who it was from when you put the play ratings out and asked who to mm. put play ratings. Someone turned around and said, like, it's a waste of signing where, you know, he's maybe permit he's, Keith and Bell being in there is stopping the likes of Mitchell from playing. Um, and he's probably right because, you know, Mitchell clearly has the ability. Rowett really rates him before his injuries last year. You're thinking, like, he's coming and play right wing back. He looks good there. But when you see him in midfield, he's he's busy. He runs around. He, he does a lot. And he gets from box to box as well. And his energy is there to be seen as well. So, like, I just wonder whether or not Savile Mitchell could be a good partnership going forward. But obviously, Keith Bell, not to knock him, I thought he's, he's done well this season. And he's been one of the better players from a poor bunch, to be honest. But and he's coming, and he's a Millwall player, isn't he? Really, you know, yeah, he's Millwall type player, as we like to say. Yeah. And it's the one people here's, here's, here's my, here's my studs. Feel them down your thigh, you fucker. So, um, yeah. I just think it'd be nice to see. Like, we'll go on to Wednesday's game in a minute, but maybe the likes of Keith Burke step out and then you put Mitchell in there and give him that opportunity to have a midfield start. I think George Evans came back in yesterday as well, didn't he? But Oh, I don't know about George Evans. Really, I mean, it was uh, too late, really, for him to do anything on the game. 79 minutes, it just wasn't really, you know, he, he, if he'd have come on at 60, he might have been able to do a lot. And also the fact of he come on, he come on for Ojo, didn't he? So, he done his you know, special tactic, didn't he, to go out. If it goes from a three attackers to two attackers, you know, he likes to kind of go a bit more defensive as the game goes on. But then no, he brought so, on two more attackers. Well, he, he went light for light, didn't he? Yeah, so. later on, didn't he, in the game? I, I, I don't know. I think um, I, I'm, you never know with Broward, do you? It's like a kind no. of roulette of what he's going to make a sub and who he's going to bring on for. But... No, that's it. Question for you and question for, for the listeners, obviously, make a comment. Um, you know, add your comment on YouTube or, or, or get us in contact across Twitter or stuff. But why bring on Bradshaw 
with three minutes to go. In the surely it'd have been, yeah, surely it'd have been easier to say, you know what, let's take Matt Smith for 65, 70 minutes, 75 minutes or something, max, and then bring Bradshaw, you know, bring Bradshaw on. But I just think that how are you expecting a player to do anything in three minutes unless he gets, you know, the, the, the chance of a fucking lifetime? But It's just the roll of the dice. I think if you're a football manager, at least I think this anyway, when it's 1-1, the game's in the balance or you're chasing the game mm. and you're thinking... I'm going to throw this person on because you never know what can happen. Uh, it's kind of like going to let go and see what happens. It was more, that's, that is what that kind of substitution is. I don't think when well, it's three minutes to go, it's not thinking how can I change the game with a few minutes to go. It's let's throw him on. Let's see what can happen here. Something might happen. And I think... And also it, probably concussion, wasn't it? It was, a, it was a, oh shit, we've got an extra sub. No, nah, I think he wouldn't make it unless he had, he wanted to. I think, but... But also, I think Smith, the reason why he kept him on so long is he had constant joy against their three centre-halves yesterday. They lined up similar to us with their formation. Um, and everyone raves about Joe Worrell, but he got beat easy for the goal, um, the centre-half. The same with Figueredo. You know, he constantly was beaten by Matt Smith in the air. Uh, I think, you know, he, he highlights the kind of presence he has in the division where these are defenders that everyone raves ran and raves about. I think Worrell's constantly linked with a move to Burnley in the Premier League. And... Matt Smith made it look silly for the goal. And like you kind of see exactly why Smith is a good asset to have in this size. The problem is, is I don't think Smith should be starting these games. Smith should be coming on with half hour to go to chase the game. And we all know it. Um, obviously, if Phoebe came but off the bench yesterday. But he's often he's waiting goal. Don't get me wrong. And he's actually been one of our better players this season. But I just think if you're starting Matt Smith in the championship, you've got an issue there because you know Matt Smith can't play a full 90 minutes without feeling fucked afterwards. But also... The way Rat wants to play is free move mobile forwards, so he's kind of sacrificing that by playing Smith. I think I don't know. It's it's Hutchinson definitely man in the match on um on on news at Den. He's uh, he's got a man at well man. I might have given it for me. I might have given it to Murray Wallace. I thought Murray Wallace was class. I liked Murray Wallace yesterday. So there's a massive drop between him and Hutchinson. Got eight point three. and Murray Wallace got seven point one. Hutch is brilliant. The thing is, this is what I always say about Hutchinson. Where um I, I think he's been our he's our best central defender. Stopped QPR away first game of the season, he was immense. Um and the same with Blackburn at home. But the thing is with Hutch is you don't realise what he's what you've got until it's gone. So when he's injured and he's out of the side, then you're like, fuck me, he's gone. And he comes back in for one game, you're like, Oh my god, he's immense. But whereas I've always thought he is quality, and then once he's out of the side, then yeah, we're a bit kind of in trouble. But Hutchinson is just ever reliable. That's what it is. No, totally. Before we move on and whatnot, because I know you're gonna do it in a minute. Did you um did you see the penalty call from Phil Clark on his um he posted on Twitter yes or this morning actually about the um the penalty shout? Uh no, but I can check it, it was, out. You, you it look playing. at it, he does he does fucking get brought down proper. Who um, does, sorry? I think it's Smith. Oh yeah, in the first half. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I remember seeing that. Yeah. yeah. It's um yeah, he does get pulled down by his shirt, doesn't he, in the first half, and it should be a penalty, but we ain't got VAR, have we? So we can't really... And also there was that other bit, wasn't there, where the ref should have done a drop ball when he just fucking let it go. And if Millwall had scored from that, that would have been quite controversial. I think it's because we cleared it and it hits him mm. and it falls to a Millwall player. So he's like, play on. But yeah, I, I don't know what... The, I, I, it's a bit of a grey area. I, I know like people will think um, if it hits the, the referee, it should stop full stop. But if it's the team gets it back afterwards and like they can play on, I don't know, maybe that's a bit... But I think it's, yeah, it would have been contentious, obviously, if that went in or something. And but we just, again, that, that, that chance, if we'd have kept going forward with that chance, but we get to the... Pro- what we seem to do week in, week out, is that we're, we're up into the final third, we're coming into their box, and then we come under a bit of pressure. And for some unknown reason, rather than sticking it across the field, 
or coming back and then going across the field. We end up passing it nearly all the way back to the fucking to our own goal line and then relaunch it back forward again. And it just seems do you know what I mean? If if, if I've got the ball there and there's players on the opposite side who are open, why can't we just sling it across and then carry on with the attack? I just this pass back all the time is doing my fucking nothing. It puts it I put it down to creativity because you know we don't want to lose the ball and then there's no player that wants to kind of take the game by scrap the neck. You look at the midfield of Keith Dell Savile Neither of them are really ball-playing midfielders that like to get on the ball and try to thread a pass. And you look at the front three, Shea Ojo and then obviously Mahoney, them two are the only ones in the side that can kind of look for a forward pass. Leonard is, I thought Leonard done well yesterday as well, by the way, mm. down the right-hand side, up and down, up and down, constant engine there, basically. But you, you want a few creative flair players in there that can also put the effort in. You know, If Wallace was there, maybe it's a different story. But yeah, I think um, overall, mate, another draw anyway. Uh, I said on the show the other day, and I know you said earlier you're not right out yet, and neither am I, but I turned around to Kai and said, if we get to 15 games and we've got 15 points or less, I think right has gone for me. Uh, that's the point where I will start to turn because the fixtures are looking favourable. We've got Bristol City, Barnsley, Luton, and then tough trips to Sheffield United. But after that, we've got Stoke at home, Huddersfield away, Reading at home, Derby at home. You know, there, there's a good chunk of games there up till the middle of November where... I think we've got to put a performance in and try and get a run of uh, games going. If we don't, and we find ourselves below one point a game after 15 games, I think that would be the cut-off point for me where everyone starts to turn on the manager. We've got a scenario where a lot of people turned on him. Probably about about a third of the management that turned on him. A third of the brand sort of turned on him. But we're slowly teetering on the edge where I think if it keeps going like this way, I think... Who would would you have, though? Chris Wilder. Would you I think he'd. I think he'd be game as well. I watched an interview with him with James Lawrence Alcott on the Seventy Two. It's called YouTube channel. Yeah, 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 yeah. Really, really good YouTube channel. I think Wright's been on it earlier in the season. It's the um, FA. It's the FA one, isn't it? It's the EFL. Sorry, it's EFL, the EFL yeah. official one. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so like, and in the interview with Wilder, <laughs> guest appearance from a German Shepherd. Welcome, in, Ruby. <laughs> and in that um, in that interview, um, he turned around and said, "I'm realistic. Where I know, like, I'm an English manager, I probably won't get a Premier League job, despite getting Sheffield United up to the Premier League after promotion and another promotion from the Championship." He turned around and said, "I'm ready to go. Though I'm, I'm looking at Championship, and if there's an opportunity to rise itself, I probably will go for it." And I think if I compare Sheffield United, is a bigger fan base than us that they get bigger gates every week, but. You know, his track record of like, I think he was at Oxford, Northampton beforehand. I think he'd suit a Millwall. I think, and also he plays the formation at Sheffield United that Rowett's trying to emulate here. Three central defenders, two wing backs. Here's the lowdown on lowering bad cholesterol from Lecvio. Lowering bad cholesterol is hard, but you could do hard. You live through five fad diets, 11 sleep training nights, Nine mediocre middle school recitals. One heart attack. And with Lecvio, you can lower your bad cholesterol and keep it low with two doses a year after two starter doses. Prescription Lecvio in glycerin is given by a doctor for people with known heart disease on a statin with diet who need more help lowering bad cholesterol. Common side effects were injection site reaction, joint pain, urinary tract infection, diarrhea, chest cold, pain in legs or arms, and shortness of breath. Results may vary. Learn more at Lecvio.com or call 1-833-537-8462. Ask your doctor about Lecvio. That's L-E-Q-V-I-O. Lower, longer, 
Lecvio. On August 25th, I'm the most brutal, vicious, ruthless champion that's ever been. The most anticipated original series is here. You may know Tyson. You're the heavyweight champion of the world, young, rich, and black. But do you know Mike? The minute you get too big, they gotta cut you down. Starring Trevante Rhodes. Um, I am Mike. And Harvey Keitel. They'll love you as much as they fear you. Now I'm really gonna have some fun. Mike, series premiere August 25th, only on Hulu. It's eerily similar where I think if we had a fresh mind coming, potentially, I'm not, I don't, I'm not right out yet. And I'm still not. But I think if you look at the market that's out there for managers, if we, I think if Wilder's still available in four or five games time and we're still struggling and we're sitting on two wins out of 15 games, I think it's, I think we're not a sacking club, but it's, it'll be tempting to roll the dice, especially if Wilder's interested for me. I don't know what you think, mate. I think Wilder would be a good call. I mean, you know, I'm normally always, I, I, norm, I normally always turn around and say, right, and sorry to interrupt there, but I normally always turn around and say, I'm not, I, I always back the manager and I'm still backing the manager now, but even I'm getting fed up going to watch home games and thinking, yeah, it's boring, there's nothing, there's nothing about this, this at the moment, aside from Jed Wallace and Danny McNamara when he's playing because he's one of our own and Billy Mitchell and then, you know, it's That's one. Di- it's predictable. It's one-dimensional. Like, mate, me and you watched the games a couple of times a season together at the Den, and I just you just know what's coming. You just yeah. you. It's just boring. It, it really is predictable. And also, I think he. I think he's in a crossroads scenario that I've said for the last three or four weeks, where he's either got to stick to his guns, which is what he's doing by the looks of it, or he's got to think, let's adapt and bring the side, fans back on side. You know, if he rolled up with a 4-4-2 formation and we lost 2-1, but the players were running all, non-stop all game, creating chances and unlucky to lose, they'd go off to not a stand ovation, but an applause at least. If we lose 2-1 on Wednesday and we play his formation and it's uninspiring, we go 1-0 up and then we sit back like we tend to do so. And then they score two goals in the second half. They go off the booze because it, it it's not it doesn't resonate with a lot of the fans. I, I might be talking absolute nonsense to a lot of people, but be interested to see what people think. But I just, I don't know. I just think he's he needs to change it a little bit to get the fans on the side for me. And I, I don't think he's doing that. And if the results don't turn with the favourable run we got coming up, how long do you give him, mate? I, like I said, if he's fifteen games in and he's got less than fifteen points, that's less than a point per game. I think he's gone personally for me. Yeah, I'll be interested to see whether or not the club get rid of him or whether or not they just look in more long-term future with him. But again, if we're not getting the points, we're getting points every time, we're going to be in a relegation battle and the club definitely don't want us in League One. Do you know what place we are on the table right now? No, not off the top of my head. Have a guess, have a guess. Probably about 18th. 19th place. Three points, four points ahead of Nottingham Forest, who we played, obviously. Who are twenty second place, and that's Save- potentially Reading and Derby with point deduction. Well, Derby have already got their point deductions. So that's the saving grace. Derby are twenty fourth, mm-hmm. and then you got Hull, Nottingham Forest, Peterborough, Barnsley, and obviously we've got Barnsley next Saturday. So that highlights what a big game that'll be. And I think I'm going to go to that to be fair, because I really want to do that. But um, like I think it highlights, mate, the scenario we're in where it's like it's going to be tough. It, 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 this is like a if we lose the next five six games, or if we don't get let's be honest, six, seven games now, we've got to get at least three or four wins just to kind of get ourselves up the table a bit. And if we don't, like I said, I think it'll be, um, I think it'll be curtains for Rarity I Millwall, mean, to be honest. 
No, yeah, no, I agree with you there. I think that, yeah, I think it's, I think it's going to turn and it will turn very rapid um, because more and more fans are coming, you know, on board. I mean, the, if you look on our Twitter feed for yesterday, I retweeted a guy who posted saying what he overheard while he was at the game yesterday with um, someone slagging off Bart, which I think was highly fucking comical. But, you know, check out our feed and you'll see that where allegedly, you know, Bart is shit. I think Bart has saved us a lot of losses this season so far. Yes, he's fucked up a bit, but it's keep before you, isn't it? Um, you know, and I saw another tweet this week where someone put Bart probably our third best keeper um, of all time, which I, I don't know. I think Casey Keller probably definitely beats him there. I put it to Brian King, didn't I, last week? I, I did say to Brian, because I do think, you know, Bart's definitely like, at the start of the season, maybe people were contentious about him, but he's proved that wrong completely and there's no doubts anymore. But um, he's, I think a lot of people were kind of like sceptical whether he could keep doing it two years in a row. He's obviously aging a little bit for a goalkeeper. I think he's 34. But he reminds me of David Ford a lot, to be honest. He's a great shot stopper. Um, And, you know, even Brian King bigged him up, didn't he, a little bit. I think he he is a good goalkeeper. And, you know, take that as it is worth, really. Uh, I think that's everything for part one, though, mate. Unless you've got anything else you want to add? Just one little thing, because obviously loads of people listen to this and they might not listen to the rest of it. But just, you know, if you are a Millwall fan... And you are serving in the armed forces. Um, I'm looking for a project. Um, what I'm doing for uh, the Remembrance Day um, celebrations or the Remembrance Day day. Um, so if you are a serving um, member of the armed forces, RAF, Army, Navy, whichever, um, I'm looking for photos of you with a Millwall flag, Millwall kit, wherever, or just in uniform. Um, get in touch. You can either do it across Twitter. Or our email is info at thatmillwallpodcast.com. Drop me uh, the photos and uh, and I'll be in touch with you. So, uh, so yeah. And also, if you're serving RAF and you're uh, over here and you will be around uh, November the 6th, then please get in touch uh, too. You have to be serving, so obviously you'll be in uniform. But if you are about, get in touch for there. So, yeah, thanks for that. We'll, um, we'll move on, shall we? Go end of part one. End of part one. Let's go into part two. And welcome back to part number two of the show. Uh, Mickey, we're going to talk today um, a little bit anyway, not because we've done quite a bit of start um, of part one there, but Bristol City on Wednesday night, mate, at the Den. Uh, Bristol City, I think they're in a similar sort of predicament to us, I feel like. Um, they've had a better start, though, where they've got a little bit of run of form going. Uh, they're currently sitting eighth place. And like before the season, a lot of people were kind of thinking, Nigel Pearson's in charge there, you know, the ex-Lester uh, City manager. No one's quite sure what to expect from his sides. But... You know, they've got a decent run together. I think they're unbeaten in five or six. Um, and they drew on the weekend at home to Fulham. So they're going to be no slouches, mate. And they come back, didn't they? They come back from being 1-0 down as well. So They beat QPR away as well, um, I think, last week. So, you know, it's, it's going to be a tough game. What are you expecting and hoping going into this one, mate? Hopefully Jed's back. That's the start. Um, but what what do you think's gonna what do you think we're gonna get from the Mill side on, on Wednesday night at home? I think I think it's gonna be hard. I mean, you look at their games. I mean, you know, they've they've drawn with uh, Blackpool, they've beaten Reading, they've beaten Cardiff, they've drawn with a few, one few. You see, that's the difference. You see, we've not had any wins. They've had a few wins, um, which is and they're all close games as well. This is yeah. the thing. Like they've got over the line when we've not been able to, have they? Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, uh, and yeah, and we can't. I mean, you know, beating QPR, drawing with Fulham. I mean, okay, we had a good result with Fulham um, as well. Really? But Fulham seemed, well, it was, it was, weren't too bad, mate. We could have got spanked. 2 0, mate. Yeah, yeah, but it could have been a lot worse when they come out to that. Yeah, 2 1. It could have been a lot worse considering what they're coming on the back of. Their, their first couple of games this season, they were on fire. Then all of a sudden, it seems as if they've just fucking hit a brick wall and just died. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think they're going to bring it straight to us. They look to bring it to the teams they feel are, are better than them. Um, and I think that if we don't have our head screwed on, uh, uh, we're going to get beat. We could potentially get beat 2-0. Well, yeah, I mean, so this is a sort of game where I think we need to be winning. And like, in a sense of, it's a home game, obviously. We need to get the home form going. Obviously, we beat Blackpool, didn't we, just before the international break. Yeah. Um, but we need to win these sort of games where there's a four-point gap away to Bristol City. And we're expected to do better than Bristol City, at least at the start of the season. Um, that's everyone's predictions and hopes. But these are the sort of games where I think we need to start taking points off teams above us and claw ourselves back up the table. Especially, this will be the 10th game of the season now. And it's, it, it, I'm kind of finding it difficult to be positive, mate. This is the problem I've got. But at the same time, players come back from injury. I think Matt Lamar probably will get a game on Wednesday night, I feel like, albeit Leonard didn't do anything wrong. Um, I think, you know, I think Matt Lamar should come back into the side. He should freshen things up a little bit. You know, Matt Lamar was not on the bench even on, on the weekend, but he was, I saw him and Ben Thompson on the video feed. So they were both travelling and there. Uh, but I think, you know, I think I want to see Matt Lamar come inside. I want to see Ifobi start up front. I want us to just kind of Ojo and hopefully Wallace being fit. And then we've got a front three that we, we can be happy with and obviously want to go for. Albeit Smith scored, I think, you know, an impact from Smith half hour to go for the games and the balance, I think that'd be perfect. I just I just want I want us to go for this game. And obviously, I want to see a bit of Millwall in this team. I don't know if that's being a bit kind of uh, cliched. But I think we need to just kind of grab this game by scruff of the horns and say, right, come on, let's arrest, let's get this kind of slump done and get on with our season. Absolutely, I think I think Matt needs to put his money where his money, you know, his balls where his mouth is. Really, he, he needs to sit there and go, right, we're going out to win this, rather than it looks some days as if we score and then we sit back and then we just let trouble come to us and then we just go right, we hold out for a draw. We need to go all out. As soon as that, as soon as that whistle goes, we need to go fucking all out and, and just basically attack, attack, attack. Um, you know, they're the fateful words, didn't they, from Millwall, mate? Attack, attack, attack. You know, um, and we need to do it because if we don't, we're on nine points now. We're then going to just slowly get lower and lower and lower, and we don't want to be in a relegation battle. Come you know, another five games in, six games in. If we get to 15 games and we're in a relegation battle, then I think we're fucked. I think we'll be. I think think we're proper fucked. I don't Um, think we're fucked, though. I think, but I do think that's what my fear is. Like like I said, these next five, six games look favourable. I don't think we're going to win them. I I, I hope we do, but I'm not hopeful. And that's the first time in a couple of seasons I'm really not hopeful. And I don't know if I'm just being overly negative on a Sunday morning for no reason, but... I think everyone can see the issues in this team. It's just like that little bit extra is missing. And hopefully when everyone's fitting well and back in the side, that comes back. But I'm struggling to see it at the minute, mate. I really am. Me and you both. I don't see, you know, I've listened to, to Gary's, um, you know, press conference or his, 
his pre-match, his post-match interviews, and they're the same shit. Oh, we've done really well. We, we've done well here. We've done well here. Well, it don't matter. If we played well for 45 minutes, we need to play well for 90 minutes. In fact, we probably need to play well for fucking 120 minutes and hope that the game ends at 90 minutes. Do you know what I mean? I'm mm-hmm. not saying it goes up, but we need to be playing a lot further than where we are because at the moment, we just don't seem to want it more than the opposition. And... You know, the only player where we got, we seem to focus all around Jed and all this. When we've got players that can score goals, they've shown we can score goals. They're just, I don't know, they just, we just need more, more, we need more luck. We need more fucking creativity and we need more hungriness to win. And if we get those three just suddenly kick in, then you know what? We could easily make a charge up the table. I agree, mate. I think the thing is, and I'll stick up for Madrid in this sense, where he's not had these best teams picked for the last six, seven games. But there we go. Players come back from injury now. These are the six, seven games coming up now where you've got to really show what your team's about for me. I think that's it. I think that's it. I'm not I'm not negative about it. I'm just still out, you know, unsure. I'm sitting like on the phone so, space. So game game fifteen for you is the day where you probably, if we carry on the form, what we've got is going yeah. to be the game where you turn around and say, you know what, enough's enough. Rowan, mm-hmm. time to fuck off. We need someone who's actually going to let us win games. Because for me, right, game 15 would be, we've played Bristol at home, we've played Barnsley away, we've played Luton at home, we've played Sheffield United away, we've played Stoke at home. I think that, and then Huddersfield away, and that's the end of October. Mm-hmm. And then after that, you've got Reading and Derby, double header at home. Yeah. So for me, right, when and you Stoke get to that away, point... Um, Stoke's at home in October so I'm saying but I'll give him to to the end of October is when I will turn around and go if we're under 15 points for me or if we're not even if we're not winning games that's when I'll be like you know what we've got two massive games coming up Reading at home and Derby at home and then we've got Borough away Bournemouth at home Hull away Birmingham at home Peterborough away like Mm. we've had a tough start to the season one thing you can't knock right is the the teams we've played majority of them are in the top half of the table um, you know, I think of Coventry, I think of Swansea. Oh no, sorry, not Swansea, sorry, Swansea. I think Swansea are below us still, no? Or they, they're in and around us anyway, sorry. Just um, above us. But I think of Blackburn, I think of Fulham, I think of Cardiff, you know, teams that are normally up to that end of the table. Same with QPR, who a lot of people kind of fancy to do well this season, albeit their form's really plateaued the last three or four games. I think, you know, we have had a tough start to the season, no one can knock that. But these are teams that we really hope that we'd be competing against and be at the top table with. Um, but yeah, as I said, mate, 15 games that takes us up to after Huddersfield away. And if we're less than 15 points, then I'll be really skeptical about this season, to be honest. I think that, that, that we want us to do well this year, but if we're doing less than a point a game, that's relegation form. And that's when alarm bells have to be ringing, surely. Yeah, there has to be, you know, there has to be a wider look. You know, is there stuff, you know, is there turmoil with the players? Are they fucking not gelling? Is there this, that, and the other? I don't know. Because there's something what's going on there where things aren't working. You know, the players don't look up for it some days and you just got to question what the fuck is going on. What is it that we don't know about? Because we're, we're looking on paper and going, the players we've got, they should be able to turn over probably a good 60% of the team, 70% of the teams in that fucking league without a problem. They're not, not turn them over by... You know, going out and stealing them seven, eight nil, but going out and winning games two, one, three, one. Do you know what I mean? Easily. But for some unknown reason, we're not doing it. 
Mm. I, I get that what you're saying. A concern. That's a I, fucking massive concern. Just a few more wins. That's that's the problem. What one one game all season? We're nine games in, we've won one in nine. Take the positives. We've only lost two, of course. Like if you want to be glass the thing, we don't look at it. Is that you know we've only lost we've only lost two. I think we've lost. I think we're we're not doing so bad. We lost know, to Cardiff, didn't we? And we lost yeah. um, to. It's escaping me now. Come on, save me, Mickey. We lost to Cardiff and we lost to Fulham, didn't we? Fulham, that was two yeah. games, yeah. So came out to my head there eventually. But yeah, that's it. Like we just need to see a bit of improvement, I think. And I don't think I'm I think the fans just want something to cheer about. I just want to go to the game and feel like, you know, yesterday was good, I thought. Like step in the right direction where I thought we went for the game a little bit as well. We went one nil up. We should have maybe been two up by half time. Yeah, didn't get that goal. We got done by fucking an unbelievably lucky goal. And then the game kind of went away from us there. I mean that's, that's- that's the point. We could be having a completely different conversation today. We could have won I that know. game, one and we'd have been, yep, yep, great, everything else, and we wouldn't have been having these conversations. What we're having, but, but the thing is, Forest were poor. That's what yeah. pisses me off. Forest, but they come great. into it. They come into it in the second half. But they're a team like, that are struggling at the bottom of the table. New manager yeah. bounce, yes, but they have got only a couple of good players on their side. Joe Lolly, maybe, yeah, and then maybe Garner midfields. Aside from that, it's an average championship team that we should be beating, like we say, we expect to at least compete in these sort of games. But I want to move on from Millwall now. I think what we want to do actually is, uh, or at least the playing side, give me a score prediction for Wednesday's game, mate. I think I'm going to go 1-1 draw. <laughs> do you know what? That's what just came into mind as well. I think I think a 1-1 draw. Um, but to be fair, yeah, no, I'm going to go. Yeah, I'm going to go 1-1. I'm not a betting man, but if I was... Gonna who are you going to... If I was a betting man... I'm not a betting man, but if I was, wink, wink, um, I would say back 1-1 one, one every week. Just do it. There's no harm. Yeah, back I would, one, one. I would back 1-1 one, one and back Jake Cooper to score yeah. at one point. You're going to have... Well, a not Jake Cooper now, because he's, he's no, not on no, the team. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> but 1-1 one, one, Jake Cooper, yeah? What are the odds on that for Wednesday? But he's not playing anyway, so... Well, he probably won't. Who knows with what team we'll get. Um, but yeah, we both say it was probably going to be should a draw we a Wednesday. Five, should we do a five or each? I can't oh, bet on um, football, mate. I don't know what you're on about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, bet, I'll bet on football. I'll, um, I'll, I'll put a fiver on us to have a 1-1 one, one draw. I like it. We'll see what happens, mate, and we'll come back to it on Thursday show. Uh, before we go, though, I want to spend a few minutes, mate, just to get your opinion on... Um, I'll, I'll start off by reading a letter, actually, that, I, that was obviously circulating online the other day. Dear resident, it gives me great pleasure to write to you on behalf of Mill Football Club following our acquisition of the land opposite your home along Falkland Road. We have acquired this land to build a high-end training complex that will be the new training ground for our club. Open and thorough engagement with the local community is something that the club prides themselves on. And as such, I'd like to invite you to a meeting on Monday the 4th of October at blah, blah, blah. We feel it's imperative that our neighbours and residents are consulted prior to the planning application process commencing. And we hope next month's meeting is another opportunity to share with you our plans for the site and opportunities for the community in the months and years ahead. Yours sincerely, Steve Kavanagh, Chief Executive. So we will get a new training ground, mate. It looks like um, out in the Seven Oaks Borough, isn't it? I think you know a bit more it's, than me, it, don't you? Yeah, it's te- well, it's fucking technically Seven Oaks Borough, but it's... It's pretty much next to Brands Act, so it's very close to Dartford, um, just on the outskirts of of London, early early parts of Kent as such. Um, I think it's great news. Good news, right? I think it's fantastic news. I think, you know, I think it's great news that we needed a new training ground. I mean, Calmont Road is is great, but it's not ours. 
we sold it, Peter de Savary sold it to um, Oxford Uni Pension Fund or something many years ago for about 1.6 million um, when we were in trouble. Um, we can't do a lot to it. It's not big enough. Um, I think, obviously, it'll be great to be able to have a purpose-built training facility and have the academy there and have everything there, you know, the offices, everyone else. Same as, you know, normal football teams. So you'll have, you know, uh, the communications teams there. You'll have everyone else. So everyone's in one building rather than being at the den and then travelling backwards and forwards because the travelling's a pain in the arse through central London. We know that through Lewisham and all that. Like, it can't be easy getting to the training ground and all that. Um, I think they've done it the right way. I mean... A lot of people have moaned and said, you know, well, you know, it's a good news story. We should have told everyone, you know, should have told the fans. But I think, you know, I think part of me thinks that it's probably better the way it's leaked out. And I think, too, that I think they've got to concentrate on the residents before us, because if the residents don't want it, then they're not going to get it. Um, It'll come with time as well, won't it? Do you know what I mean? Like when the club's ready to announce it officially and they say they've got plans to ready to do it, then they'll do so, won't they? So it's like I think it's a massive. I think it's a massive investment. I mean, the rumours are they paid just under a million pound for the land into a big plot of land. Um, You know, a huge amount of land, so I'm told. Um, And I think it's I think it's superb because I'm also hearing that some players they bring in and they take them to. Calmont Road, and they sort of look and go, okay. What's well, yeah, this? that's I was going to say that. Like, as in, I what's used to this? be local to Calmont Road, and as far as I remember from when I was going to kids at Calmont Road 15, 20 years ago, I'd like to just go and see them training and the chance of seeing the players to the point where when I left the area not too long ago, it's not changed at all. Like, it's exactly the same. I think there was an extension put out, wasn't there, for the gym area or medical area not too long ago, a season or so ago. And it's all temporary buildings. The pitches are exactly the same. Four pitches, I think, on there. And if you look at, like, um, obviously, Premier League clubs, obviously, at a level above us. wouldn't want to be on that level anyway just yet. But, you know, the infrastructure around these clubs is massive. And even down to the championship now, you know, clubs are getting these training grounds because, obviously, they're in the Premier League, getting relegated, and they've got massive training grounds, massive complexes. And I, 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 I probably agree with you there. I imagine players are turning up going, is this the training ground? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it looks like, for all intents and purposes, a heart and four pitches and I, I, you know it's been good for us it was obviously it's, it's you know but it's not that far out either this Falcon Road you know it's 20 miles from the it's den it's probably easier it's, it's not that bad do you know what I mean like fair, it's probably easier to get to the den from there than it would be from um Calvert Road because when Lewisham's fucked and and all around there it must be a pig but I think it's easier to get to you'll probably have much better you know communication and everything else facilities there plus it'll be very very more secure because at the moment we can you know we've all seen the pictures of um the other youtube fella where he's clinging onto the fence watching through the fence where we've seen the pictures (laughs) and that so you know i just think that they will have more secured facilities for them i think it'll be much better for having the youth and all that which i'll come on to in a sec where they've got the academy guys and everything else and they're all mixed together um, but well, as such, in our view, they're being mixed together. But I think in reality, it doesn't work like that. But to have state of the art, and don't forget, we're probably looking realistically by the time we look at planning consultations and everything else down the line, we're probably looking five, ten years down the line before there's even a brick on the ground. And probably um, a five to ten million pound project if it goes ahead. But that's five you know, to ten million. Cheap. No, but that five to ten million is probably a lot cheaper than buying Calmont Road now. Yeah. I mean, you know, I can see 
Oxford probably want to return on their investment, and you're probably looking three, five million, maybe more. The lease is up at some point, so it, I think it all makes sense. It makes perfect sense, and it's it's a fantastic um, investment and a fantastic uh, mark in the sand to move forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, you know, this region, you know, what we fought for a few years ago, I don't even think that's going to get built within my lifetime, let alone my kids' <laughs> lifetime. So, you know, it, it is what it is. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it's great. I think it, 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 you know, it shows what what we're thinking, you know, how we're thinking maybe 5, 10, 15 years in the, in the future. So, and I can see it only really giving us a benefit, but... Yeah, we'll wait and see. I don't think there's any real neighbours around there, apart from obviously a few houses, but I think it's right near Brands Hatch. So, again, you know, it, it, I, I think it's going to be great. Definitely, mate. We'll have to wait and see, like you say. So, I think, yeah, I agree with you. I think a lot. it's all good, promising for the future. And that's, you know, at least it sounds like, you know, Berylson, I don't know how much involvement he'll have this, but he end of the day, he's our bankroll, isn't he? So, Is he? Or is he going to be a sponsor-driven? I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but I think um, he clearly, obviously, is pushing these sort of things. And obviously, mm. the club is expanding. And that's obviously a good thing for us. And obviously, it can only be good news for me all. So, I, I, if people want to be negative about it, try and be negative. But I think it's only going to be a good thing for the long-term future of the club. Um, I think I'm out, I'm out of time, mate. I've done everything I need to do today. Anything else you want to add into the show? Uh, no, just a bit what I did earlier with the Armed Forces side of it. Um... There was something else, but I can't think of it now. But no, not really. Um, if, if you're you around if you haven't listened to the Brian King interview, we've done the review. Tune into that. Um, check through our back catalogs. You see, obviously, still, there's still loads. My on job there. here. There's loads there, but yeah, no. Well, you know, at the end of the day, it is what it is. But um, I'll, I'll, I'll just shut up now, and I'll. Um, no, you're I'll good. Let you go. Um, it, it's all right, mate. Else. If you're new around there anyway, be sure to like and subscribe. Um, if you've enjoyed the video, be sure to let us know what you think in the comment section below. We also upload this on audio to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, any sort of app on your phone to do podcasting. We're pretty much on it. Um, but if you are listening on there, be, give, be sure to give us a review. Five stars would be great. Um, and anything you want to say, we always appreciate any sort of feedback. Uh, check us out on Twitter, at that mill pods. It's all at the bottom of the ticker here. Uh, Instagram at that mill pod, TikTok at that mill pod, and also, like Mickey said earlier, e- email us if you like on info at that mill podcast.com. Uh, and we'll be back probably on Thursday because obviously we've got the Wednesday game, maybe Friday, depends when we can get it out for, uh, to talk hopefully about a positive mill oh, three yeah. points. Just one thing go on. our shows go out at the moment. We're going out on Mondays and we're going out on Fridays, right? Or and Thursdays. Like, or Thursday, but we're going to say Friday for the point of this conversation. What I want now, we're going to say Friday. Okay. 90, 94 men per week die from suicide and 40 men who work in the construction industry will be dead by the time you listen to Friday's episode. So if you're listening to this Monday, that's great. But by the time we do our show and it comes out on Friday, we would have lost another 40 men due to suicide who work in the construction industry. So look, all I'm saying is it's never that dark that you can't talk to anyone. Our DMs are open. We will always put you in contact with other people. The club are always open. You've got the proper men's club. You've got Rob Hoyce. You've got people who we've done shows with before. They are all available for you out there. And just remember, it's perfectly okay not to be okay. And just always talk. It's a lot easier to talk rather than go ahead and do something really, really dark if, if your mind's there. 
So I just wanted to, to leave you that, that if you're listening to this when it comes out on Monday, by the time you listen to part, you know, to our next episode on Friday, we would have lost 40 men to suicide who work in the construction industry. Sorry to leave it on a bit of a downer, but it's a it's a big fact what we need to put out there. No, nicely put, man. Agree with everything you say there. Um, and yeah, I think that's everything from us. We'll be back on Thursday or Friday for our next show and uh, look forward to it. See you soon. See you later. Bye. Vanguard advice, no matter what your retirement goals are, they can help you get there and enjoy it for years to come. The financial journey is all yours, but you never have to take it alone. That's the value of ownership. Visit Vanguard.com and explore Vanguard advice. All investing is subject to risk. Fund shareholders own the funds that own Vanguard. Services are provided by Vanguard Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. This week on RVER, sponsored by Progressive Insurance. I'm sorry, I can't operate on that vehicle. But, Doctor, you took an oath. That RV, it's my son's RV. Oh, Doctor, isn't there anything you I'm can do? I'm not a miracle worker, Sheila. I'm an RV surgeon, trained to save the lives of large, injured recreational vehicles, which is definitely a real profession. When your RV really needs saving, Progressive has you covered. See if you could save with a leader in RV insurance. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates covered subject to policy terms. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.